It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Welcome once again to another episode of Estate Planning Essentials with Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. How are you? Doing great. Doing wonderful. Glad to hear it. Everything's going fine. Thank you. Excited about today's program, like I am every program, and this one um, I think will be very interesting for the audience. Um, it's not a uh, tongue twister, <clears throat> excuse me, as they call it, but it is um, a bit complicated just in the title itself. And um, the theme or title of the program today is Eight Different Trusts Within a Trust and or a Will. And But how can you have a trust in a trust, which is the first thing I asked you when you brought that up. So uh, let's talk about that today, well, if you could. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times um, there's just different contingencies. If this thing happens, then upon my death, it goes into this type of trust. So it's whatever it is that you want to protect against that you have go into that trust. It's actually more common than you realize. Um, If you think about, um, let's say, somebody had children um, or perhaps even grandchildren, and you said, oh, I want uh, X amount or a certain percentage to go to my child uh, after I die. However, if that child is below a certain age, Let's say they're most commonly like, say, 25 or 30. They may not be mature. And so, therefore, we will have funds held for their benefit until at least they mature. Uh, So you'd have basically an understated age beneficiary trust because if the child had, let's say, received funds at age 18, uh, a lot of children at age 18 may not be mature enough. They'll spend that money as, as soon as they can get it. And so, therefore, they have it for their health, education, usually uh, maintenance or support, until whatever age. Now, it doesn't mean that they have to get it outright at whatever age, 25, 30, whatever. In fact, some people even say a third at 25, a third at 30, a third at 35. So you could do all sorts of different ways. But an understated age beneficiary trust is certainly very common for uh, people who have children. Uh, so that's so you can see if I die before that age, your funds are held in trust primarily for your education. Uh, and actually, sometimes we even put incentives. We've talked about this on prior shows. We say, oh, you have to have a certain GPA to get the funds from the trust because right. uh, we we want you to do well in school and not just party. We have this trust for you for your education, but you need to have some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. So that would be an example of one of the eight. Uh, types of contingent trust that you could have within your will. So your will says uh, all, whatever it is, to child, but if they're under X, then it's held in this certain type of trust. Or sometimes people have, let's say, revocable trust or even irrevocable trust, 
And in that trust, they say, again, upon our death, if I have a child or perhaps a grandchild who's a beneficiary or anybody who's a beneficiary who's under a certain age, it can be held in the trust, usually for their education or health or maintenance or support. You know, I want to ask you before you go any further on this, Mike, um, you've been doing this at least a quarter century, if I understand correctly, long, long time. What is I the tell people most... an elder, elder law attorney. Exactly. What is the craziest and most bizarre contingency you've ever heard that was acceptable? I mean, is anything acceptable? You need to remain a painter the rest of your life, and if you stop painting, then you don't get any money. I mean, how crazy can they get? Well, I mean, you can you can do as you could do as crazy as you'd like. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked on prior uh, shows how people had incentives. We had uh, uh, I remember I, I think we talked about on one show where somebody was concerned about their child uh, trying to remove dad as a trustee, and they had a trust uh, for them until age seventy, mm-hmm. uh, and that since they didn't like to work. Uh, the incentive was that uh, they would not be in charge of their trust uh, ever uh, and that um, until they're 70, uh, and then they were only going to get $1 for each dollar that they earned. Uh, so mm. I thought that that was pretty, that was an incentive to do, um, just like the yeah. incentive to do well in school, that was an incentive to, to work. Um, and uh, so you can do is whatever it is. It's a, it's not a right or wrong thing. Uh, of course, you just um, as long as you comply with law. So, oh, okay. You can't do anything. To, you can't do something that says if you do something that's unconstitutional, uh-huh. uh, then uh, something like that. But, but really, you could get as creative as you like, and it's really up to. A lot of times, people have. Oh, you have to have uh, a certain uh, take this uh, uh, financial course. Uh, you know, before you've done, before you've hit your money, you have to take these things. You could do, we could say whatever it is you want. It's not, right. It's not a, the good thing about a trust is you can say whatever it is you want. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Uh, another one that, we, and we, I should say that almost in every will or trust, you have one of those understated age beneficiary trusts. Mm-hmm. If you have any potential beneficiary as a minor, even if they're not the direct beneficiary. Right. Another one that we always have is generally is a uh, special needs trust, or mm. a supplemental needs trust, because if somebody is disabled, uh, 30% of Americans become disabled at some point in their life. Mm. So we always have a contingent special needs trust. Right. Let's say somebody didn't have long-term care insurance and Let's say you're, you have a spouse uh, who has dementia, uh, Alzheimer's. Uh, remember that we have the Alzheimer's walk virtually on October 3rd. Uh, just uh, give a shout-out, and hopefully uh, people will join us. We walk in different areas. It doesn't matter where you are. It's just not going to be uh, in person like we normally do. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, a special needs trust, let's say your spouse uh, was uh, had dementia at the time of your death, and Medicaid means tested. If the assets went into a trust for that spouse, they wouldn't count. It would help pay for care costs. So if somebody mm-hmm. didn't have long-term care insurance, that would be helpful. Or it could be that one of the kids uh, was disabled. Uh, I talked with somebody on Friday, and uh, they uh, they were telling me, oh, two of the children 
uh, are now disabled. They weren't before. When I say children, one was 59 and the other one was 40-something, but uh, still, uh, it doesn't, when I say child, it doesn't mean you have to be a minor. Right. So anybody can become disabled. So we always have a contingent special needs or supplemental needs trust. Hmm. That's number two. Okay. Number three. Uh, number three is maybe four. Uh, is a lot of times, if on sometimes when people have taxable estates. Now, this varies from state to state because some states have state estate taxes. Mm-hmm. Texas does not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have a large estate, typically you put uh, a portion is equivalent to whatever the credit shelter is at the time. Mm-hmm. Right now it's very high, so most people don't have a large estate that fits this. It's $11,580,000. Um, uh, but you could basically put, you could double the exemption in effect uh, and have that pass without a state tax. Wow. There's three different ways of doing that, too. Um, so there's, there's what they call, well, I don't need to go into the details, but there's sometimes there's what, different formulas, pecuniary, modified Clayton, uh, and then there's, hmm. but it, it doesn't really matter on fractional share. There's different ways that you can, of doing it, um, but the bottom line is the idea of trying to save on estate taxes. So some have large estates, which I realize is not the majority, it's very really small minority, Right. You can do that. If you don't have a taxable estate and you just want to protect your spouse, let's say, from creditors or a bad marriage, uh, you could have a different type of trust. And we'll just call it a family trust, but not the typical revocable family trust, but you could have a trust within your will. So instead of it going to your spouse directly, if I give everything to my spouse, what can they do with it? Anything they want. Hmm. If, let's say, especially if you have children from a prior marriage, you may want it to go and trust for your spouse. Right. Um, and then upon that spouse's death, it goes to the children. Whereas if I'd given it to her or him outright, then they could just, you know, do with it whatever they want. Right. So you, you could have a uh, family trust uh, is probably number four. So we're halfway through the different types of trust, uh, which we often talk about at our workshops. Um, uh, if, if people are desired to know about those things, and it's really, um, you know, whatever anybody wants to know about. And regarding those workshops, um, this is a perfect opportunity to talk about them because they are uh, very related to what Michael's talking about today. Um, but it really doesn't even matter what the topic is that Michael's discussing in the program um, it all relates to uh, our listeners, whether it be government assistance or estate planning. Um, one or the other, if not both, certainly would apply to you and something you must consider updating or starting or at least having reviewed by Michael. The first step in that direction is to attend Michael's next estate planning essentials workshop, which would be Thursday, September 24th at 1 o'clock, or Saturday, October 10th, at 10 o'clock. And both of those workshops are attended online or virtually. So when I say attend, that means just going to your computer in the safety and comfort of your living room and um, doing it via a conference call, to use the old-fashioned term, um, to enjoy 
and be enlightened by Michael's workshop that he's been doing these for five or six years now, and they have been extremely helpful to so many KWAM listeners and many of other Michael's clients. And Michael, tell us about what goes on at those workshops. Yeah, we basically ask people what you want to know. It could be on estate planning issues like we've been talking about today, or it could be on Medicaid issues. We just say, what is it that you want to know? So every workshop is different because every time that we've had these, and actually we've been doing them almost over seven years now, and every time the questions are different. And so you may have questions that you never had before, even though it's been seven years, because you never know what's important to somebody else. Right. And, thanks, and law, of course, laws change, too. But mm-hmm. uh, So we ask people what they want to know, and then throughout that two hours, uh, we go through the different questions. Of course, it's virtual, so some people will just all they do is click on a button, and then you can see, and we give directions. It's very, very simple. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, uh, you you just are part of the workshop and see what questions that other people have that you may not have thought about. You're going to learn something, and it's, we hope you have fun along the way as well. Uh, and so uh, all you have to do to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. Uh, it should also be mentioned that, uh, of course, a lot of people uh, are not aware of this when they first go into the workshop, uh, uh, if they're not a KAAM listener. But uh, we give a free what we call vision meeting, but only if you go to the workshop. In other words, uh, if you had further questions or if you want me to review your estate plan, we do it without charge, but you do have to go to the workshop to for me to look at that without charge. So that's basically three free hours of legal advice about your own plan, particularly in these COVID nineteen days where uh, we're seeing, you know, unfortunately bad things happen. I know we had uh, we had a couple clients this week that one of them passed uh, due to the COVID nineteen. Mm. His will, mm. uh, we had done his will basically. Um, nine days earlier. And then another client got COVID. Uh, She was in a facility, a long-term care facility. Uh, She's being moved from the hospital as we speak. Uh, So things happen. And we like to think that everything's perfect in this world. But I hate to tell you, (laughs) things happen. And we, uh, unfortunately, we never know what will occur. So basically, it's if you want to protect your loved ones, uh, if you love your loved ones, um, then obviously uh, you want to make things as easy for them as possible and protect them whatever ways that you feel like are important to you. And that's why we go over these different types of trust because, you know, one person may say, oh, yeah, uh, I want to uh, protect in case somebody's disabled, but of course I don't need a credit shelter and marital trust. Uh, because my estate's not that large. So, it, you know, it's kind of like what we say with Bask and Robbins, where, you know, there's all these different flavors. You just have to choose what's important to you. You just may not know what those flavors are uh, until, you, until you find out about them. Excellent. So, uh, well, that's, what we want. Yeah. that's what we need, so, and that's what it has to be. Um, we want tailored estate plans for every individual because everyone's individual circumstances are unique. Their desires change, their relationships change, and as you said, the laws change. So because of that, uh, attend Michael's next workshop 
on September the 24th, which is a Thursday at 1 o'clock, or Saturday, October the 10th at 10 o'clock, the way to attend it online, meaning virtually or via video conferencing, is to go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or you could even Google it, um, search online, um, Dallas Elder Lawyer, Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, Dallas Attorney, et cetera, and he'll come right up very quickly, top of that first page typically. Um, Michael, I wanted to ask you before we get to the other four uh, uh, of the eight different trusts within a trust or a will, and when people, uh, because of COVID, come to you, um, are you seeing more of that because of the virus, and are people aware um, that when uh, they do new estate planning with you or update their estate planning that they really have to consider all the possibilities, which includes if a beneficiary were to die, what then happens? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that goes without saying. And, and it's, it's an interesting point because it's not only in your will or trust, but a lot of times people fail to uh, recognize about things that do have beneficiary designations. So sometimes you'll find that people – Surprisingly enough, we had we probated a will this uh, uh, just recently, uh, in which the it was a husband wife a second marriage. Uh, they named each other. The wife in this case died first. Her husband died three months later, uh, but he he was ill when his wife died, and he hadn't rolled over the IRA yet, because mm. uh, his capacity was lacking. Uh, so. It had to go through probate. Well, anyway, uh, usually you have a secondary beneficiary, um, and in this case, there was a beneficiary. It's just that he just couldn't do anything uh, because of his own condition at the time of his passing. Hmm. So um, you have to look at the beneficiary designations of retirement accounts, life insurance policies, and annuities. Um, and because if they do not have a beneficiary, then it may have to go through probate if you have a will. Of course, if you have a trust, then um, uh, and you put the asset in the trust, it might be a different story. But uh, so beneficiary designations are a very important part of the plan, not just having the documents. And people seem to overlook that. A lot of times, people think that or do not realize beneficiary designations trump a will. Right. So if you have, uh, if you have, um, if I had a life insurance policy. Uh, that said everything to my two children, and my will said everything to my wife, a life insurance policy would go to the two children. Mm. So um, so those beneficiary designations are important. Yes, very important. They okay. Always have, always, always, always have, not only do we have a contingent beneficiary, like on wills and trust, in answer to your question, but we have an ultimate beneficiary. If all, let's say, the descendants die, mm-hmm. who's your beneficiary? Mm. Is it the Alzheimer's Association? Church. Is it your favorite church or charity? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you always ha- we always have, or is it just whoever your closest relatives are? So right. even um, not just the contingency, it's contingency to the contingency. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I'm not surprised you do that, but I don't know if everyone thinks in those terms, so I'm glad you naturally cover that base, too. Um, we have uh, about... Six minutes or so, seven minutes, there are four more different ways that you can okay. place a trust within a trust or will. Okay. 
sometimes people have, let's say, a family farm or some property that they want to keep, or maybe mm-hmm. they just want to spend, give some liberty. We don't know what the children's needs are going to be, so they'll have a pot trust. Uh-huh. Uh, in other words, where, uh, where you could just say who needs it, the money, right. as opposed to having separate trust for children. So you'll have a, you want to keep the family farm in the family, mm-hmm. and you want everybody to enjoy it. Uh, so there's what's call, called a pot trust that is often used, or a common trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, since I'm going a little bit quicker now, since limited time, uh, of course you could have a trust to protect the children uh, or any beneficiary from either being a spendthrift or from the creditor issues or if you're concerned about them. Uh, let's say you have a child that's uh, married and you're concerned that they will give everything to their spouse who might remarry. Uh, or they may have marital problems at the time of your passing. So you could have a trust to protect your family from those bad things. Spending habits could be addiction, being a spend, not only being a spendthrift, but protecting from creditors, uh, bad marriages, and their spouses remarrying. Another thing, another trust would be a generation skipping transfer trust. Uh, there are certain laws regarding if you skip a generation, uh, some tax laws. And so you could have a trust to um, help out on those tax issues uh, if you had skipped a generation. Um, so that's another type of trust that could be within your will or it could be within your trust. And finally, I'm going to mention the IRA trust. Uh, we, a lot of times, and although there could be other trusts I might mention, this is not a, a uh, all-exclusive list, but... Um, a lot of times, we'll, let's say you like on that creditor, let's say that one of your children are disabled mm-hmm. and maybe they're on public benefits. Well, you want to be, um, the SECURE Act that we may have we've talked about on several shows this year, because uh, the law changed. Before the law changed, you could still have your IRA go to a trust for a child and stretch it out over their life expectancy, or um, you could... Um, um, you could have it go, uh, they have this choice, whether it goes to them outright or it goes to them in a trust, and you could stretch, but now there's these, only, there's these restrictions. It has to be done uh, with it paid out within 11 years, unless uh, the, the restrictions are if it's a child who's disabled or if a child is, or some beneficiary is chronically ill, a surviving spouse, um, a... Um, um, uh, somebody that's less than 10 years uh, age from you, or if you had a child who's a minor. Uh, those are the exceptions where you can still do the stretch. So we've talked about on a prior show that sometimes we have to have language in the will and trust that says you could still stretch if it fits in one of those categories. Mm-hmm. So in other words, we can, we can uh, defer t- income taxation and have growth, um, but we're limited by the SECURE Act. So we have to put those type of provisions uh, we have to mention that the IRA could go to that particular type of trust uh, in case those bad things happen. So that's something that was a new law, of course, this year. And, uh, and a lot of times we'll have people who happen to be disabled. And, of course, if they got the income from the disability trust, uh, if they were on Medicaid, that could be a disqualifying event. So you put provisions in the trust where they could, even though you stretch the IRA over the disabled, in this example, disabled child's lifetime, it's accumulated, so the trust pays the tax, but it stays in the trust, 
so they don't lose their public benefit, yet there's the stretch, and then it could go to whomever the other beneficiaries are upon that disabled person's death. So it gets kind of complicated. I apologize mm-hmm. for that. But the good, but the good, see, the whole idea about this whole process is it's giving you different thought processes about what to think about. What is it that you need to protect? Are you concerned about a, a child who's a minor? Are you concerned about somebody being disabled? Do you have a tax situation? Do you need to protect your spouse from remarrying? Do you want to make sure that things could be spent for the other family members during your spouse's life? Uh, you know, it depends a lot of times on second marriages and things like that. Do you have a family farm? Uh, do you want to protect people from being a spendthrift or having creditor issues? Right. Their spouse remarrying or if they're disabled. Uh, but, I mean, not only disabled, I said that one before, but if they're, um, um, if they're um, you know, having marital problems at the time. Uh, or do you want to protect if you have giving things to grandchildren, you're concerned about a tax issue? or the IRA issue. So there's lots of different things that um, uh, need to be, whatever is important to you, so not everybody has all those different things, is that sometimes uh, one thing may fit and maybe another thing doesn't fit. So um, it really um, it really just depends on what the person's needs are, what they want. And there's all sorts of other types of trust that could go within your will or trust, and you just have to say, what is it that I want to protect against? It could be an yes. addiction. It could be that somebody has... Uh, a grandchild uh, needs to have a scholarship, and you have to do it in a certain way. So there's mm-hmm. lots of different things. Great. Well, it's very, very helpful. And uh, what's also going to be different is that we're coming up to an election here in 2020, and we have no idea who's going to win, and we have no idea what they're going to do after they win once they're elected. Um, and we'll, it, it can't uh, – whatever is in place now, is my understanding, uh, can't change in 2020 but it could easily change in 2021 and even be retroactive. So all the more reason to go and see Michael now. Go and attend his next workshop. Ask questions about taxes or any other issues that concern you. Um, So you can uh, write the ship, write your plan, and uh, make certain at least it's in place and protected, uh, regardless of who wins this year. And then we'll see what happens after the election. Uh, Go Dial 214-720-0102. 214-720-0102. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for the September 24th workshop, which is Thursday at 1 o'clock, or the Saturday, October the 10th workshop at 10 a.m. Michael, thank you so much for the education today, and we look forward to the program next week. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 214- That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770 KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. 
make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today.